Hello and welcome to the Weekend Review. I'm Michael Curzon. I'm joined by SD Wicket. Mr Wicket, how are you? I'm good, Michael. It is a absolutely sweltering day here in the uh, east coast of England. And uh, after we're done, I'm going to go swim in the North Sea. Well, that sounds good. In fact, we hadn't said we'd talk about this, but this might be the one week where I'll, I'll agree to talk about the weather. Um, because there's been some interesting images being shared around of uh, weather charts from today. Um, compared to other charts in the past with similar temperatures on there, but the, the old ones have a nice happy sort of sunshine uh, sticker attached to the particularly warm areas, whereas these ones have red and purple hellfire, yeah. hellfire splurting out the devil <laughs> incarnate, jumping from the screen and we're told crisis. In fact, Boris Johnson had a Cobra meeting earlier this week. We, we remember Cobra meetings from COVID time where there's a, a meeting to decide whether or not to put us into lockdown. Um, this time it was to discuss whether or not we should be closing schools and lowering other services because of heat. Um, there's actually a good article by Philip Johnston, I think it was in the Telegraph the other day, who said, what is it with this panic? We've got groups like the, the UK HSA, the UK Health and Security Agency, which again was a big player during COVID, um, which essentially now have no reason to exist. So they find a reason to exist and it's it's gone to weather now. Um, and that's that's the new crisis. Um, be afraid, Michael. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Well, we Cur- curtail all of your regular habits because it's hot outside. I am doing. I'm wearing shorts rather than trousers. Uh, oh, yeah, me, me too, which is a, a, a major violation of my moral principles. I, 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 I'm very anti-shorts. I, I actually don't buy a pair because I don't own any. Yeah, no, I remember you saying this before, and I've cited The Sopranos very recently, and um, <laughs> watched the scenes where where we're told that dons don't wear shorts. Um, <clears throat> so we'll have to we'll have to break that rule for a moment. Not calling us dons, by the way, that'd be a bit cringy. That's um, a good show. Yes, no, I'm enjoying it. Um, it's a it's a strange time to watch it, given that a lot of the people involved are starting to die, which is quite sad. But um, yeah. but there you are. Um, the the biggest story of the week, of course, is the Conservative Party leadership election. Uh, for a long time, Kemi uh, Badnock was the sort of the, uh, the the sparkle in the eye of the the overly hopeful Conservative Party member. Um, they said that she would change things. She was actually socially conservative. She was more serious. Of course, even if these things were true, and I do have my doubts, but even if these things were true, they, they seem not to realise that the party as a whole is, is rotten. You can't change the party. One figure doesn't make a difference. And in fact, that's been proved now uh, because it's pretty much guaranteed, I think, that Liz Truss is going to win. And what greater proof can you have that the party is rotten throughout than it elects an actual Liberal Democrat mm-hmm. who hates the monarchy, who is, is fearful of the idea, or was, pretends now not to be, of course, uh, of, of Britain not being thoroughly attached to the European Union. Um, we were saying before that Boris Johnson was like a, is like a gift to people like us who wanted to prove to people that the Conservative Party wasn't conservative. Um, it's it's very easy to prove that with Boris Johnson. It couldn't get better, we thought, but of course it could. Liz Truss also has some of the same qualities as Boris Johnson in, in being a philanderer, according to reports, which yeah, helped. Yeah. Uh, uh, a, a racy affair with a married married MP. Yeah, that's, well, that's we, what the Tories do, isn't it? This. Yeah, we 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 dug that up before we hit record. <laughs> yeah, they always joke that the that's the Tory party's problem and the Labour party's problem is uh, 
is is tax affairs and, and dodgy dealings in terms of money, which is quite ironic. But no, it's I mean it's it's absolutely perfect. I think it completely dispels the idea that the Conservative Party is conservative. Not only that, but she's she. I'm sorry, she's thick. She went to Russia before the war and told the Russians to get out of Russia because she just didn't understand yeah. lines on the map. Yeah, uh, she, she, she she's massively into photo ops, as of course they all are. She was going around in Moscow with a big Russian her hat on uh, when when people in the city at the time informed us it was it was sweltering hot and people were looking at her thinking, "What on earth are you doing?" Of course, it was to look like Margaret Thatcher in the past. Yeah, yeah, that's it. She was she was she was doing some weird like Thatcher role playing, which is seems to be the sort of mold at the moment pick a sort of iconic tory pm from the last hundred years and just try to be them it was the same thing same thing with, with johnson and churchill well that's true that's true factor is almost always the one you we've seen it all the time recently sunak on the cover of the telegraph the other day i'll be a rule like thatcher factor economics and lots of commentators are saying we need someone more like thatcher of course it's the prevailing thatcher myth that she was actually conservative, whereas, uh, I mean, especially on social issues, she couldn't have been less so. People constantly point to Section 28 uh, as, as showing she was a massive, horrible conservative, whereas, in fact, Section 28, one, was, a, was an isolated sort of case in terms of that sort of policy. Two, wasn't really implemented very much. And, and three, she was, she was actually a, a defender of homosexuality at a time where not many people were, as well as of things like abortion, of sex education, um, all these groups who were campaigning to sort of to dampen these these liberal encroachments on our society were really hopeful about it because she came in talking about Victorian values and how she would she would um, bring back sort of rigor in a conservative sense and did the opposite in every case and on drugs by the way. Well, yeah, I mean, Thatcher Thatcher was a, was a uh, Friedmanite neoliberal, right? Thatcher, yeah. Thatcher was basically a, a, an out and out rampant capitalist, which um, is something that I'm I'm very happy to see conservatives sort of um, defenestrating from their worldview more and more recently because. Capitalism, in its pure sense, is a enactment of liberal morality, not conservative morality. You know, it's 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 all about progress and, and destruction <clears throat> and, and modernity because it, it's facilitated the, the greatest move away from traditional morality that's ever been. Yeah, well, people champion her. People, in fairness, don't champion her on on social issues because that's obviously a lost cause. But even on the economic issues, as you just said, it's it's all about modernity. It's about um, it's about the, the sort of prevailing Tory idea now that it doesn't matter where things are made or by who. It's about what the cost is, yeah. uh, which of course is, is greatly damaging for the country. And in Peter Hitchens, in his book uh, that was originally called *The Broken Compass*, um, basically on on the Tory party, it's sort of his definitive book on that, um, says that Thatcher was mostly appealing to the flashy car salesmen, the people in the pinstripe suits. Uh, and those with with uh, rather large bank accounts, which is fine, but that's not really the the conservative sort of. That's not the idea. When when we talk about conservatism, the idea we think about, although people don't realise this, it's sort of talking in a in a smoke filled pub uh, mm. and mm. talking to people about <clears throat> family, locality, things like this. So it's also um, might might I add um, Italian made pinstripe suits. Of course. Well, you, you might you might as well do it in style if you're going to do it at all. Sorry, by the way, it sounds like we're both riddled with coronavirus. Um, you've got to be scared about that as well, just so you know. In fact, 
I read that schools are taking up masks again, a lot of schools. Um, I mean, obviously in many areas, it didn't actually go. Uh, at which point I should, I should well, I, I can't call it plugging because it's not by me, but I should mention the, the Children's Inquiry by Liz Cole and Mike Kingsley of Us For Them, which is a great book, horrible to read actually, um, but it's a really important book on the damage done to children by lockdown and particularly on masks, really interesting points. I mean, instinctively they say it looks wrong for a parent, it should, I mean, many parents actually were very pleased about it. And they note that a lot of children were very for masks because they were told for months on end with really clever nudge unit uh, propaganda paid for by the government and, and pushed by the government that without this thing, you can't see your family. This is your ticket to freedom. This is your way of making sure you don't kill your grandma, all these sorts of things. So they love doing it, but it, it made, it made it a lot worse in, in, in many senses for children who are quiet. It was sort of a, a safety blanket. It made them even more into their own skin for children um, already impressionable by social media, especially when you're locked indoors for so long and forced to do nothing but look at screens who then start getting rashes on their faces or their acne starts playing up even more or they get more spots on their face there's a massive demoralizer um but also um just in terms of learning it was a massive barrier and for children who usually aren't thought about but well actually we notice now that children aren't thought about by the state at all uh, especially under boris johnson and soon to be liz truss but even greater is this true for children with certain problems like certain learning difficulties or perhaps even those who are partially deaf for whom learning and communicating became a near impossibility. Uh, so the fact this is coming back in shows that uh, it's not over. And by it, we mean the sort of COVIDism, not, not COVID itself. Um, mm, mm. That was rather a large tangent, but next, <laughs> I hope you'll agree. Well, no, it was, and, and, and um, who, there is there is one more thing that kind of slipped our minds when when we were planning what to discuss today, which was I mean, and you you mentioning um, children um, sort of reminded me of that. But I mean, um, and it's, it's something that we should probably maybe go into in slightly more depth next week once we've had more time to look through look through the report. But obviously, the report into um, into the um, abuse scandal in Telford has yeah. um, come out, and yeah, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of, of children were groomed, drugged, sexually abused and trafficked, and the British state did nothing, and, and, and they knew about it. Yeah, well, uh, our, our colleague, Mario Lagos, put a tweet up the other day after PMQs, where Boris Johnson talked about some of the latest fighting in Ukraine and, and said how sorry he was to hear about this said how sorry was about the death of the, the Japanese Prime Minister, which fair point in that case, actually. And, and in other areas, he was talking about destruction around the world and how horrendous it was. He didn't mention the, the rape of our own children in our own country. Why mm. would he not do that? They are, it's like the establishment is, well, they are, they're cementing over it. They don't want people to talk about it. They would rather us didn't know about it at all. But mm. it's carrying on happening and because of that as well. Because mm. they're cementing over it, it's allowed to carry on. And we see that, well, you know, the police didn't act on it. Why? Because they thought they'd be called racist. Mm. I mean, come on. We, is, that, is that how sort of low we've got as a country? We allow hundreds across the country, actually thousands of children to be exploited, raped, literally raped, because we don't want someone saying, you're a racist. I mean, Christ alive. Mm. Mm. It's I mean, it is I mean, 
yeah i mean look i mean it's <clears throat> it isn't just telford is it it's no, you know, it, it, it's rotherham rochdale oxford newcastle almost it's, every area almost it, one of them was burton on trent which is where i am where i'm from um and it, well actually uh well no, I, I won't say this in the recording but it's it, it's close to home for a lot of people i think i think a lot of people will know somebody who in some way is involved in this hmm. um but still it's a silent issue it's crazy it's a bit like the whole trans women debate going on everybody in the country knows the truth around this thing but we can't talk about it we're not allowed to say it same in this case everybody knows it's happening hmm. just don't talk about it it's uncouth let's oh, talk yeah. about destruction in sebastopol yeah or about yeah. the fact that Putin has just gone and knocked out uh, another hostel there. Horrendous. Oh, my goodness. But in this country, uh, the rape of our own children. No, no, no. Let's not talk about that. That's yeah. okay. And, and even when it is talked about, it's it's tiptoed around the yeah. really important details, which is that it was racially motivated. Yeah. You know, it, it was essentially an act of domination over, you know, over, over British girls by yeah. by frankly, adversarial and hostile immigrants yeah. who, um, who, you know, if you read any of the accounts of the way these, these young girls were spoken to and about <clears throat> when they were present, it, it's no doubt in my mind that it was, it was a racially motivated series of crimes. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, again, the British state did nothing about it. And I know that, um, the one thing people always bring up about this is, uh, is it was, was in Naz Shah, um, who retweeted a, 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 a satirical tweet uh, pretending to be, I, mean, it, I don't know who it was, but it was it was a Labour MP retweeted a, a satirical tweet from an Owen Jones parody account saying they should shut their mouths for the good of diversity. And, and obviously, you know, people can can sort of you know, make jokes about that, but it's, but it's, I mean, that's ultimately what's happened, right? You, you know, thousands of girls have been just sacrificed at an altar for a, a, a policy that you know governments have followed since at the very least the 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 mid 1990s that no one was that was you know that was never never put to a plebiscite no uh, well, you know, no, in a sense, it, no it was in a sense it kind of was it has been in every election since it's been the main issue of so many elections and every time the british people have said no we don't want this anymore brexit was the biggest example of that one of the largest turnouts in any election we've ever had, 72%, and and more than half of those voting. The largest turnout of people, well, the largest number of people voting for a single thing in our history said no more. And let's be honest, it was it was pretty Brexit was pretty much a byword for immigration, which isn't. It's it's important to note that isn't just a byword for what's happening here, um, because a lot of the immigration problem is just the scale of it. It's not necessarily attacking. It's not necessarily saying that, you know, this is just bringing in more of this. But it is important to say, especially with, say, the channel crossings, um, where there just isn't monitoring going on. We just don't know who's coming in. That's that's the point. It's not that we're saying, you know, that certain groups of people who are doing this thing, you know, a rapist, essentially, are being um, are being given the rubber stamp. In many cases, we just don't know. We don't mm. know who's coming over. Um and, and the government doesn't seem to care about that. It, of course, it cares around election times. It says it's going to sort it, but it, it can't sort it. Well, it can't sort it because it doesn't have the political will to do so, but it could if it did. Um, yeah, I mean, again, that's what I was saying, uh, I believe, on this show and also with Julian a while back, which was, you know, um, 
it, it goes back to the the frustration of the the mandate given to the party in 2019, which was that you know it had a, it had a public mandate to just completely circumvent the political left, which obviously it didn't because it was sympathetic at best to its aims. <clears throat> yeah. But um, you know, sorting this mess out is, is not impossible. It's just a matter of political will, of which there is none. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is true. Um, and and speaking of of uh, political will, it seems to be sort of on the decline, not just in Britain. It's sort of it's it's quite difficult actually to keep a grasp of what's going on around the world at the minute because we seem to be in decline everywhere. Um, there's a we said before we started recording. There's a photo of the latest G7 meeting where you've got the seven leaders. Uh, the one where all of them had the ties off, which, by the way, they all do in the, the leadership contest now, don't they? Where the, you, you try and spot a Tory leadership candidate uh, who's a man wearing a tie. Uh, doesn't happen because they want to look they want to look cool. They want to look rolled up, man of the people. Nonsense. Mm, mm. Uh, but anyway, they did it at the G7, and they're all there, arms around each other. Uh, though, of course, there's now a red cross through two of them, Boris Johnson and Mario Draghi, I almost said Mario Lagos then, um, <laughs> who, who are gone. I wish, I wish Mario Lagos was the, was the president of, was the president of Italy. Well, that would be good. That would be good. Although not if he'd just been forced to you know, step down. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's absolute turmoil. And, and mm. the question now isn't what's next for them countries, but it's, it's who's next. Who's going to be the next to be forced out? Because that's, that sort of seems to be the climate we're in at the minute. Um, mm. And also around the world, we're seeing major uprisings. Mm. People are sick because of economic crises, which are only going to get worse in this country uh, and across Europe. The euro on Wednesday went below parity uh, against the dollar for the first time in 20 years. Mm. Mm. I mean, US inflation has hit 9.1%. Um, yeah. And just to quickly go back to that photograph, I mean, you got... Um, Better you have Macron and Trudeau who both absolutely just just about scraped through their their re-election campaigns, but um, Trudeau is now polling below ten percent, um, yeah. and Macron has seems perennially unpopular. It was just a matter of um, the French people sort of lost their bottle when it came to voting for Le Pen. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, yeah. As far as as far as uh, revolts go, I mean. Um, Pretty much every developed country has signed on to an absolutely economically suicidal set of green policies. Um, just to zero in on one, for instance, um, the whole thing around um, zero petrol cars by 2050, right? All all electric. Um, just to just to sort of put that in perspective, if you want to install an electric car charger on every street in the country, numerous. Bear in mind the, the amount of cars there are. Do you have any idea how much energy that would require? Mm. You know, without something that creates such an abundance of fuel, like I, either fossil fuels or nuclear, which obviously are on the way out, considering that you know fossil fuels are now um, morally akin to stamping a puppy to death, um, and 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 nuclear just. There seems, there seems to be just no political will, will behind it. If you want to use these, you know, these green energy resources that are completely ineffective when it comes to generating surface energy, you would need to rip up every square inch of green in this country and put a power plant there. Yeah, you know that that is what is required to have one hundred percent electric car use by in the next twenty eight years. No, it's true, and and obviously while we've got the problems with Russia, 
when I say while we do, we're going to carry on having these for a very, very long time. Um, it's very likely that our, our ability to use uh, uh, energy from them is going to be limited further and further as this continues. Um, and that's going to cause massive problems for us here. We're seeing already, I mean, actually, we, we talk about protests in Sri Lanka, where the president has just been forced to resign. Uh, he fled the country on a cruise ship, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, to the Maldives, I think. So he'll yeah. be having a nice time now, at least. Um, but actually, we're having a sort of our own protest in this country at the minute. We're seeing again with the rail strikes. I know it's only a very minor incantation of that, but it's people saying, hang on a minute, I've not had a pay rise for a very long time. You're offering me a percentage now which is below inflation and which will continue to be below inflation. Which is, which is effectively a pay cut. A pay cut, while prices for everything are going up. Hmm. And you want me to accept that? No, I'm not doing that. And I, <clears throat> I don't naturally like the idea of strikes. They, they frustrate me. I remember when I was at uni and there's the lecture strikes all the time. Hmm. Hmm. And it really got on my nerves. I don't know why, just something about it. It's, it's not what I am. But I can't help listening to Mick Lynch and the others organising the RMT strikes and think, you know what? What a point. Yeah. That's not wrong. No, um, honestly, yeah, I mean... I'm with it. I just can't. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing I said uh, in the past, my, my view on striking is this. I mean, I think any attempt or any action which, you know, inconveniences and bloodies the nose of the ruling class should be taken without blinking. Um, where I draw the line is when it affects the average working man because, you know, not everyone can work via Zoom. Um, no, some people... Like <clears throat> some people in my area need to get into london in order to feed their families you know yeah 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 and, and that's the thing there but um let, I'll, I'll look into sri lanka for a moment there because um there's been some very convenient um uh, stealth uh, by the wef who posted an <clears throat> article a while back saying you know how their policies will you know make sri lanka rich by 2025 yes <clears throat> now now the country is completely bankrupt a what appears to be a completely authentic grassroots movement of protest unlike now isn't that rare unlike pretty much every other um quote-unquote revolution in the last couple of years um these, these people are now swimming in the president's pool um <laughs> uh, you know and, and and he's he's led the country on a cruise ship um but sri lanka is a very is one of those sad examples of a nation which you know through no fault of his own can't really defend itself becoming just a plaything for the ngo class you know, um, these policies were effectively forced on the people through a prime minister and president who were of that ilk. And, you know, it's it's made prices unaffordable. And this is not a recent thing. This is only happening for the last year in Sri Lanka, where the country is now out of fuel. Mm. You know, it's nearly out of food. You know, and and that's that's kind of I think that's quite telling, um, <clears throat> you know, because you know, it's, it's often that, you know, if you want to placate the people and you know give them bread and circuses, well, what happens when the bread runs out? Yeah, yeah, no, it's true, and it, it does. It's strange because it does make you think. Well, what next? What's what's coming next? We're in such a a large amount of turmoil, and the problem is, is that costs are going to get worse. The energy crisis is going to get much worse. The food crisis, good lord, that's going to get a lot, lot worse. Um, the, the countries which <clears throat> we normally rely on to sort of back up when when other places fail, like France, for example, is a major major grain exporter, or wheat exporter, one or the other. 
uh, is now having a, a much worse crop than it usually would for various reasons. Um, a large number of its nuclear power stations are currently not operational um, for, 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 again, for various reasons. What happens then after this point, when the, when the euro continues to fall, which it will, mm. we're entering something. Um, th this, I think, is the beginning of what is going to be a, a long protracted crisis. Um, mm. And not the, not the sort of weather crisis that we're told we almost fear or the, the coronavirus crisis, but something which is yeah. it, actually it, horrendous for quite a lot of people. Also, it's self-imposed. I mean, um, if, we, if we look over at the Netherlands, <clears throat> um, in, in accordance with, um, green, uh, with this you know, reckless green policy enacted by the European Union, uh, the Netherlands, which is, again, one of the largest agricultural exporters in the world, I think this might be the second largest exporter of meat in the world, um, farms are being forcibly shut because of a policy to reduce uh, nitrogen, which most fertilizers are made of. I mean, it should be pointed out that nitrogen is, sorry, a majority of air is nitrogen. You know, it's 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 a fart in the wind, right? I mean, it's um it's one of the most abundant um, elements there is. Yeah, you know, um, and yeah, it is used to fertilize crops. Um, and farm farms are not only going out of business, but they're also being shut down. I mean, up to a third of farms could vanish. You know, um, add to that the, the, the fact that you know a, a lot is being done either directly or indirectly to monopolize farming in a, in very few hands. Mm. Um, countries like the Netherlands and the US, which still have a large number of independent farmers, um, yeah. you know, they're they're being they're being sort of forced out, and it's, it's quite interesting to see because they're, they're blockading um, uh, like food delivery centers, right? Mm. Um, and they're basically showing the people of the Netherlands, this is where you are without us, empty supermarkets, you know, as, as if it's Weimar Germany. Yeah, and I can't help but think that a lot of this just isn't being reported as well. Um, of course, it, yeah, of course it is. I mean, like, the the idea that, that the press is, is a detached watchdog is a complete myth. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's 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 not. I mean, the the the, the corporate and fiji press are simply just a, a, a megaphone. Yeah, no, in, which, in which elites shout into. There's there's no desire <clears throat> among them to hold power to account, and you won't hear these things. You you only hear these things in. From independent journalists or, or, the, or the independent press like us yeah well Bornbrook news then is the is the next venture i very much want it to be um we'll, we'll come up to that soon uh but yes yeah, so total uh collapse of of many systems of many figures uh a lot of them who deserve it uh but the likelihood of them being replaced by someone who deserves to take the position is very unlikely um so, yeah, no, it's it. It's going to keep us quite busy, I think, over the next few weeks talking about it. But it's it's not really a very good thing, and it is it is quite worrying to think where we are turning, especially economically. I mean, in this country, it's for young people, it's already almost impossible to uh, think of getting a house at any serious age, um, which is pretty much essential for starting a family. Um, so. It's only going to get worse in that sense. People are going to have less and less money uh, to pay for things which are more and more expensive. <clears throat> Where does that lead us? I don't know. Maybe we start getting more frustrated. Um, maybe. I was talking to Collingwood earlier. 
he thinks that with trust in charge, uh, Labour would win, not just because of trust, but also because the cost of living will get worse, that whoever was in, people will want a difference, uh, possibly Labour. I'm not so sure, I don't know yet, but that might be possible, um, which would bring its own problems, but uh, mm. I, I must admit, I personally don't see Labour in charge as being a particularly much more frightening prospect than having the Conservative Party in charge. It's been bad enough for the past 12 years. Mm. Uh, I can bring it on. I mean, anything that accelerates the collapse process, right? This is true. Not for the country, but which are collapsing, uh, being which is being collapsed by the parties, but of the parties themselves. Um, mm. They will come to an end, as do all things. It's, it's hard to realise that, I think, when we live in our uh, sort of 70, 80-year life bands, uh, but they will collapse one day. Uh, it may bring something worse, indeed, but it might also bring something better, which is the only hope that we can hold out for. In... In the words of uh, of the late uh, George Harrison, uh, sunrise doesn't last all morning. A cloudburst doesn't last all day. There you are. All things must pass. Yes. Well, we'll end on that uh, slightly more appealing note. And uh, we're grateful for you to listening. Again, we hope that you don't melt in the sun tomorrow and Sunday or Monday and Tuesday, which might be when it's hottest crisis level. Um, and hope you join us again next week. Thanks very much.